Well, welcome. This is WNZN Radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. Once again, very happy that you tuned in to the program. And we are 89.1 FM on the dial. And if you're having any trouble hearing us, maybe staticky, especially the further away you get from uh, Lorain, where we're broadcast out of, uh, I would just go to your uh, computer, your iPad, or what I use, Alexa, and just go in and you can get it. So, David, uh, David Abood with me here today. Great to be table. here, John. Another day, another sure day. Sure is. And another Life goes on, huh? <laughs> Life goes on. Boy. Life moves Fast forward. Fast and furious. Yep. So, so much is going on. And, of course, we're in this season right before um, uh, Easter Sunday or Resurrection Sunday. And, of course, prior to that is Good Friday, which we're going to talk about that in some future shows. But the focus being on, on the fact that God entered into the human condition and which there's many ways that Christianity is different than any other religion, but one of them is the fact that God enter, actually enters in to mm -hmm. our universe, to our situation yes. as human beings, and, and reveals himself. And the ultimate revelation we're going to talk about this morning, of course, is Jesus Christ, where it says in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then a little later in the same chapter it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. So we're going to talk about this idea mm -hmm. this, this morning, David, of uh, how God revealed himself, uh, starting in Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation, and the fact that he, he, he really reveals himself in some incredible ways. And the term theology... Uh, simply means the study of God. Okay, Theo, God, uh, Logos, or log Logica is the logical or the uh, understanding and study of the, of the attributes of God. And so that's kind of where we're coming with this. And I think there's very uh, interesting things that many Christians aren't aware of. And when you look, start looking at the scripture where God has literally come down and manifested himself in a very unique and special way. Now, we often think of God, he's He's beyond the universe, and he dwells in eternity, and this, these are all true. And he doesn't really come down here to visit us here, so to speak. Yeah. But that's not the case when we start getting into the Bible. And this is called, when God appears, we're going to study this in a little bit, is what's known as a theophany, from a Greek word, theo, again, meaning God. <clears throat> yep. Phony, or phonio, is an appearance or a mm -hmm. manifestation and we're going to put them together. It's just mean an appearance or manifestation of God. We're going to look at it. We're going to come back and uh, talk about it a little bit more. But you pick it up like right in the first, almost the first chapters of the Bible in Genesis, uh -huh. where Adam and Eve had sinned, and we know that they listened to the the serpent. Uh, Eve uh, was tempted. She partook. Adam knew the consequences. He willingly partook of the fruit that God uh, forbade them to drink, the, whatever that piece of fruit was from the tree mm -hmm. of knowledge of good and evil. And now they're in a fallen state. They're hiding. They've covered their, their nakedness. They know they're naked. They cover their nakedness with um, fig leaves. And um, they're hiding. And now in chapter 3, yeah. verse 8, it says, And they, Adam and Eve, heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden mm -hmm. in the cool of the day. So it doesn't say, oh, they heard his voice from heaven or a sound from heaven. No, it says they heard the sound of the Lord God walking yeah. in the garden. In the, so he's he's down here mm -hmm. some way walking in the midst of these trees, this forest, what, what you like to call it. And Adam and Eve hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. 
So they're, they're sensing he's walking. Maybe they sense that he's getting closer to them. And, uh, of course, there's going to be a conversation here in a moment. But this is one of the first places we see what we call a theophany, where God has come down in some way and he is uh, interacting with the people that yeah. he made. Right. It's really kind of interesting. Oh, that's cool, though, isn't it? So he's walking yeah. at a specific time, the cool of the day, a specific place, the garden. And he's... Um, they're hiding from his presence. It says that they must know he's getting closer and closer. And then the Lord God called to Adam and said, where are you? Now, of course, God knows where Adam is. He yes. wants Adam to acknowledge his his distance and he's hiding. And then he says, I heard your voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked. So now we see God uh, is going to have a conversation. And he puts in these um, uh, judgment, if you will, because you did this, then this will happen. And he, he says it to Eve and then to Adam and then to the serpent. All of this conversation is going, but it starts out with God walking and seeking. Now, when you fast forward to the New Testament in Luke chapter 19, where Jesus is the manifestation, he is God in the flesh, right? And he's walking right. amongst mm -hmm. uh, the people of Israel up in the Galilee region. Yeah. And he says, the son of man came <clears throat> to seek and to save that which was lost. And of course, he's walking yeah. wherever he goes. But he, he goes to, and what's God doing here? He's walking, right. seeking, and he's going to establish a, this salvation plan here, part of his promises, mm -hmm. how he's going to reconcile mankind to himself once again. But I like the fact that he's walking and he's seeking, and he wants to restore that which is lost. And when the ultimate revelation of God comes in Jesus, it says in Luke chapter 19, the, the Son of Man comes to seek, remember he's walking, was, yeah. to seek and to save that which was lost. Very interesting, full tilt. So maybe you have a comment on that, David, how this, but this is the very yeah. start of how God reveals himself to man. And again, because yeah. we're not necessarily raised on the Bible or an understanding of the Bible, we may not even understand some of these basic things that are actually right. happening in the scriptures. But that's one for sure. Yeah, you know, one of the questions that I, I typed, typed up is what qualifies as a theophany? Mm. Uh, even though we read the definition, you know, there's other things uh, in the Bible. You know, what about God appearing to Moses in a burning bush? Or when an angel appears to someone, do we use another term? Or is this too a, a theophany? That's kind of how I started. Yeah, well, it's so, a good question yeah. because a theophany, again, by definition... Uh, theophany is a rather um, visible manifestation of God's presence. Mm -hmm. It's usually pretty dramatic when it happens. So we're going to look at that in a minute. One right. way, of course, is on the Mount Sinai with the giving of the law. There was smoke, there was fire, there was lightning. You know, right. yeah. all of this is manifesting the presence of God. Um, when Jesus is baptized in the River Jordan, the, the dove comes down, a manifestation of right. God's presence, the Holy Spirit. Um, sometimes, like in the wilderness, when he's leading his people out of Egypt to the promised land, there'll be a cloud by day and a yeah. pillar of fire by night. Well, that's a theophany in the sense that's God's guidance, God's presence, his guidance system for people. Yes, David. Yeah, I, there's a definition I liked uh, from Vern Pothras. A theophany is an appearance of God, an intense manifestation of the presence of God, that is accompanied by an extraordinary visual display. That's good. Yeah, you can read that again. Yeah. Um, a theophany is an appearance of God, an intense manifestation of the presence of God 
that is accompanied by an extraordinary visual display. Right, there it is. The, the idea being that God is, is, is hidden, so to speak. We don't right. see God like right now sitting here. We don't see God. Mm -hmm. But there were times in Old Testament, New Testament that God reveals himself. Yeah. And we're going to see, I mean, there's very, very unique ways that he does reveal himself. And he does this, um, for example, with um, Moses, uh, we're going to see in the book of Exodus. But yeah. before Moses, you see it with Abraham. Right. Uh, it says in Abraham, when, now he's, when he chooses Abraham in chapter 12 of Gen, he's choosing the start of the Jewish race, the Jewish people. Uh -huh. Now, most of the Bible, when you read it, starting with chapter 12 in Genesis, all the way to about chapter 10 in Acts of the Apostles, is specifically focused on the Jewish people, starting with Abraham, because he's right. the father of the Jewish nation, and the country or the land of Israel. So that's... That's where God is really doing a lot of his revelation. Now, when the Jews go into captivity in Egypt, the folk, even though they're out of the land of Israel, the focus is still on the Jewish right. people. Uh -huh. When later they'll go into captivity in Babylon, the focus is still on the Jewish people. My point being that the bulk of the Bible is really focused on Jewish people and the land of Israel. Mm. So when he chooses in chapter 12 this one man that he's going to bring Genesis? this nation from, mm -hmm, okay. Genesis chapter 12, it will say um, that God spoke to him, but then it says in verse um, 7 of Genesis 12, Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said to your descendants, I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord, and he appeared to him. And so here we see this, somehow God is appearing to him. And of course, he wants to build, an, Abraham wants to build an altar there because, um, to remember, that God, God indeed uh, visited him. Yeah. So it's there that he gets this blessing that I will bless you and, and you will be a blessing to all the families of the earth. This is chapter 12, verse 3. And so that's what happens, especially when Jesus comes and he says, yeah. go make disciples of all nations, be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the outermost parts of the earth. Now all the families of the earth Mm -hmm. can be blessed through this yeah. blessing. Do you see how that yes. works? Yeah. And that's why I always say to people, is your family blessed by this Abrahamic blessing? And if you're a believer, yeah, your family is blessed. And if you're yeah. not yet a believer, I would encourage you to really consider this mm -hmm. because you want your family to be blessed yes. from this blessing that's thousands of years old. Wow. We're in the, the same family. It's same, unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. all those blessings come yes. downward because why? Number one, Abraham oh, will have a son named Isaac. Yeah. Isaac has a son named Jacob. Jacob has the 12 sons, right. which would be the 12 mm -hmm. tribes of Israel. And that mm -hmm. starts the formation of Israel. Through them come the prophets. Through them come the Old Testament scriptures. Through them, of course, comes Messiah. And then all, nearly all early church are Jewish, at least up to chapter 8 of the Acts of the Apostles. Nearly all the Old Testament, except for maybe Luke, is written by Jewish people. So we're blessed because of them, yes. because of this promise Amen. way back in Genesis. Right. So that's a good thing to kind of keep in mind when we're going through the Bible, how it's tied together. Absolutely. It makes it easier to understand. Mm -hmm. So here we see that he appears to him, he gives him promises, and then um, all of this kind of action is going on early on in Genesis. But there's well, a couple things we notice when we talk about a theophany. And if you look at chapter 17 of Genesis... Um, maybe you could read chapter 17, verse 
1 and 2. Okay. Chapter 17. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Okay. Now notice, and Abram was 99 years old yeah. and the Lord appeared to him. Mm -hmm. How did he appear to him? We don't know exactly. Mm -hmm. Later on, we're going to find. Yeah. But he appears to him. And what makes this so interesting, David, mm -hmm. um, it says here in verse 21 of the same chapter, uh -huh. speak, God speaking says, But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this time next year. Then he, then God finished talking with Abraham. And then what does it say? And God went up from Abraham. So he comes down. He appears to Abraham. He has yeah. conversation, promises, established mm -hmm. a covenant, and then goes up. Yeah. Isn't that cool? You see that theophany? Yeah. Well, how much more so when Jesus comes down, right. incarnation, Christmas, mm -hmm. he has his ministry, right. he teaches, he establishes the new covenant, and then what does he do after the resurrection? He goes up. He ascends. Yeah. You see, you're catching these like glimpses all under this category of what we call a theophany. A special appearance of God uh, in the Old Testament, yeah. in particular. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's really remarkable yeah. when you start thinking about how God put it all together, how God put this book together. Yeah, you know, do you ever think about that? I mean, it's so well it, detailed. Yeah, well, it the the thing I like about it is it's seamless because you know we talked about this before, where again, and, and I hate to keep mentioning this, but for the new listeners. You know, I always got caught up when I first read the Bible. I went down bunny trails with all the various stories mm. until you told me it's all about Jesus Christ. And, you know, God gives us example after example of the fact that his son came down to save us and redeem us. Right. And so you'll see that imagery uh, throughout the Bible from Genesis through Revelations. Exactly right. The completion right. of the fact Jesus came, he's here. And uh, he's fulfilling the prophecies uh, all the way through. He's the Son of God, period. So really, if, if you bring up a good point, David, because did you ever put together jigsaw puzzles? Oh, yeah. Some of them have like yeah, 500 pieces. Yeah, She loves doing that. But but yeah. to, to put that together yeah. and make all those pieces fit in just one mm -hmm. spot where they yeah. connect with each other, you have to have the cover picture. Right. Once you have the cover mm -hmm. picture, you can start putting in the pieces. Yeah. It's the same thing with the Bible, what you just said. Once you know it's about Jesus, Jesus says, search the scriptures for they right. testify about right. me or they reveal me. Mm -hmm. Once you can put Jesus back here in Genesis or Exodus in Psalms, it all starts to come together. Yes. And it's no longer, as you say, like a jigsaw right. puzzle. If you just have the pieces to a jigsaw puzzle, you're not going to put it together. That's right. And that's where yeah. a lot of people are with the Bible. They don't, they can't put it together. And the beautiful thing about that imagery is you can't force a piece into the wrong slot. That's right. That's so right. the timeline is perfect. Exactly you right. Know, it, it's that simple. Even though it's, you know, 2,000 years, it, like you look back at some of this stuff, the prophecies, and, and we have to remember that, you know, one day is 1,000 years to God and 1,000 years is, you know, one day. And so that that's that mean that's meaningless. Yeah, right. The period of time to us. Exactly right. It's it's almost an instant to God. Yeah, yeah. And so, so he he's weaving this together. Right. Jesus, of course, will say Scripture cannot be broken. In other words, like a unified whole. Right. Yeah. And the fact that it's two books, one story. Yeah. Old and New Testament. No other 
there's no other belief system or religion that has two books like this that have to go tongue and groove. Mm -hmm. It's like, it just proves that this, this story is indeed true. So here we see in chapter 17, he yeah. comes down, he mm -hmm. establishes a covenant, and I like the fact in verse 22, it says he goes up. Exactly. He ascends. Yeah. All right, let's look at this in more detail now, this idea of a manifestation of God. And just the next chapter, chapter 18. Yeah, that's a good one. And you can see here, it says, Then the Lord appeared to him mm -hmm. by the terebinth trees in Mamre, as he was sitting yes. at the tent door. So there's no confusion here. It mm -hmm. says the Lord appeared to Abraham. Yes. He's sitting in front of his tent door. So Abraham lifts his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed down to the ground. And he said, My Lord, if I have now found favor in your sight, do not pass on by your servant. And then he says, Please let me bring some water. I'm going to make you some food. I'm going to make you a meal. So he's, this is common Middle Eastern hospitality, yeah. but he knows there's something special going around with these three people. Right. And, and then he, it says, um, he, in other words, his wife prepares this meal. She comes out. And um, then the, the one person, says um, in chapter 10, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, chapter 18, verse 10, it says, And he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Sarah was listening to the tent door, which was behind him. So this person we're going to see is the mm -hmm. Lord is saying, even though your wife can't have children because she's so old, you're right. both too old to have, she will have a child next time, okay, at this point of the year. Abraham and Sarah were old and well advanced in age, and Sarah had passed from the age of childbirth. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself. So she heard. She heard. This is not a dream or a vision. This right. is a real voice. And, and the Lord, notice verse 13. And the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh, saying, I will surely bear a child since I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time. So it's God promising that. He's, does, it's not an angel. It's not a vision. It's just not an empty promise. Okay. Then the two men get up. Remember, there's yeah. <coughs> three men that came here. One, Two of them get up. They're going to go to Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. These are two angels. We're going to see that later in the chapter. Abraham is left at this one man, this one visitor uh, that's, Declared to be the Lord. Now, this is the Lord in human form. Yeah, you I was just going to say, yeah, that, 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 that's what I had down because there were three of them. And the one I, I I assumed was the Lord and the other two were angels, right? Yeah, so exactly. So it's, it's the first pre-incarnate appearance of Christ, isn't uh, it? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely a theophany. It's okay. an appearance of God. And um, there's a, there's a maybe we'll touch on it. There's a okay. difference between theophany and Christophany. Christophany, which is yeah, you're right. And, but... Um, just for the sake okay. of this, we'll go along. And it says, he's promising him a great nation. He's talking with him. He's eating yeah. food with him. He's drinking water with him. And then in verse 20, again, it says, And the Lord said, because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, because their sin is grave, I will go down now and see whether they have all together the outcry. In other words, he's saying he's heard, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah is going to be judged, basically. Right. These two men. And then Abraham comes to him. And he wants to intercede and ask God to spare Sodom and Gomorrah because, of course, his nephew is down there a lot and his family. Yes. And he and notice he comes to him and he says, um, verse 23, And Abraham came near and said, 
Would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there were 50 righteous, and, and far be it from you to do such a thing. Uh, so wicked, and uh, shall you not judge all the earth? So the Lord said, if I find such, no, it's the Lord saying, I will either spare or I will judge. It's not an angel. This is not a vision. Something is going on here. It's in the first book of the Bible, and it's a clear theophany. It's yep. an appearance of God in yes. human form. And he's so much is loaded here in terms of the right. promises of God, establishing a covenant that he can bring forth a child for mm -hmm. people that were basically impossible of having a child. This is going to be the child of promise. It shows that we can intercede on behalf of sinners, that God would spare them and bring them to repentance. Yeah. And on and on and on, and it's all these different characteristics and attributes of God. Yeah, it, exactly. So the, the main take-home message for me, mm -hmm. which is good news, the important thing for sure is uh, God is making his presence known as one who fulfills his promises. So, you know, so we can trust him. You know, he's kind of uh, telling us how to have a relationship with him. Yeah, exactly. E even though the, the Garden of Eden didn't work out, that wasn't his fault. Right. And so he's saying, look, look how much I love you. I'm going to send you my son, but you can trust me. Mm -hmm. You know, so uh, I really like that piece. And he does that throughout the oh, Bible yeah. all the yeah. way through. Yeah. But the, the key thing here, David, is we have to study the scriptures. Yeah. Wow. Um, it says in Timothy, uh, study, uh, study to show thyself approved, a workman uh -huh. uh, that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So as we study and apply, these things jump out at us. Absolutely. Go, wow. Uh, God is not remote and distant no. that he can't draw near. Right. What gets me is this is like the first book of the Bible. I know. And he's drawn near and yeah. he's, and he's uh, I don't want to say he's cohabitating with man, but he's he's, he's entered into the human condition. Yes. He knows they they have fear, they have confusion, they have concern for a loved one that's in trouble. All of these kind of things are in play here. Right. And he's eating food with them. Yeah. You know, it's so so we know what happens in this story. It's of all course. about relationships, isn't it? Jack? It just is. Uh, you know, but but that's what I like most about it. The God, uh, the Creator of heaven and earth, wants to have a relationship with us uh, at that kind of level, e even dining with us. Oh yeah. The the simple things yeah. are important. Well, that's the big thing. When our Lord came, when Jesus came, mm -hmm. when would people be offended? When were the religious leaders most offended with Jesus? When he ate with sinners, yeah, the prostitutes, the tax yeah, collectors, right. the you know, they go, how can you sit and eat with them? But right from the book of Genesis, from the get go, we see it's a God who comes and He wants to commune. He wants with to all, people all people of the planet. Yeah. And that's what He told Abraham, and, and, and it's true people to this resist day. Him. Yeah, right. Jesus says, mm -hmm. Revelation chapter three, verse twenty. Behold, I stand at the door. If any man hear my voice, open the door. Yeah, I will come in and sup with you. Yeah. In a Middle Eastern culture to oh, this yeah. day, to have people sit down and eat with you, that's a pretty yeah. special, that's more than like us Americans with fast food. And it's all a this. strong bond. It's a sit down, yeah. you honor the guests, it's you a friendship multiple bond. friendship. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so. it, it's, a, it, it's part of the, the walk uh, to have a deep relationship with somebody. And, and that, that's what I loved about Christ. Remember on the, the beach too that he cooked for yeah, them and yeah. fed them fish? That's pretty neat. I thought, man, that would be neat. Yeah, that was pretty So anyway, exciting. it's the same concept. So now, as we move along, uh, how God re continues yeah. to reveal himself. But if you look at chapter, um, I'm just going to look at some different ones, particularly while we're in Genesis, chapter 26, chapter 26 of Genesis, we see this idea of that, um, 
again, uh, now this is dealing with Isaac, uh, but if you look at chapter 26, verses 1 and 2, you see something very interesting again. Now there was a famine in the land besides the previous famine in uh, Abraham's time. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to live. Notice, he appeared to his father Abraham. Mm. Now he's appearing to the son Isaac. Yeah. Remember how we say the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Well, yeah. one of the reasons is because he appeared to them. And he has conversation. He makes a covenant or reaffirms a nice. covenant. And so those will become the foundational patriarchs. I never knew what that meant. Yes. I never understood Abra the reference. We're going to see in a moment with uh, Jacob, God of mm. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Oh, nice. And um, so here he appears to them. Right. And, um, of course, he, he makes a promise. He promises protection. And um, then, then he says something very interesting in the same chapter in verse 24. It says, And the Lord appeared to him the same night and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not fear. I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your descendants for my servant Abraham's sake. Again, here we have him appearing, speaking. Um, what all this means, we don't know. Other words, just what the yeah. text tells us. Yeah. It doesn't say, oh, he, he heard a voice or um, mm -hmm. he had a vision mm -hmm. or a dream. No, it says God appeared to him. Very similar how he appeared to his father Abraham, has a discussion, gives a promise, protection, and we move on. Nice. So uh, the study of theophany is very, very interesting uh, through Scripture. Yeah. Uh, we'll look at one or two more, and then we'll move on from Genesis. But if you look at um, chapter uh, 35, since we're still in Genesis, okay. chapter 35, what we see here... Uh, is this 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 idea he's dealing with mm -hmm. uh, at Bethel um, where God uh, right. will say to Jacob in verse 1 chapter 35 then God said to Jacob arise go up to Bethel and dwell there and make an altar to your God who appeared to you when you fled from the face of Esau so God is saying I appeared to you mm -hmm. just previous to this which is in uh, chapter 28 verse 19 where it says um, 28 verse 19 says and he called the name of that place Bethel but the name of the city Jacob made of, if God will be with me why because God appeared to him there with this famous ladder you know up and down he's escaping out of the country God appeared to him and he reaffirms it here in chapter 35 where he says arise and go to Bethel and dwell there make an altar there to God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother see God appeared to Abraham, God appeared to Isaac, God appeared to Jacob, the father of, you know, we serve the God of yeah. Abraham, Isaac, yeah. and Jacob. Yeah. And they all have this unique uh, visitation Gosh. or appearance from God. Wow. Now, again, so many people, when they say the Bible, they don't realize this in the first book of the Bible. You no know, kidding. Don't. Yeah. And that's why people say, well, how can you believe God could actually come down here uh, like Jesus did, and he, and he walked, and he had food, mm -hmm. and he had conversation yeah. and discussion. How, well, go back to the first book of the Bible, and you see God doing that very thing. So it's not anything new. The only thing we're going to see down the road is these are temporary appearances. Most yes. theophanies are temporary, Yes, but his was more what we call permanent. You know, he, right. Matter of fact, even after his resurrection, mm -hmm. 
He's got this body. Yes. Jesus's. Yes. You know eternity, but uh, his his. Mm-hmm. If we want to call it a theophany, some people differ on that. But nevertheless, uh, he came and he is the full That's manifestation right. of yeah. God. He fulfilled the prophecies exactly in right full form, and he's now, here to stay. Yeah. Now, yeah. so then, as you move along, uh, as you move out from Genesis and yep. you go to Exodus, right. Chapter 3. There's a lot in Exodus, huh? Th- th- this is powerful, too. Yeah. Uh, chapter 3. Uh, and then it then it says... Um, yeah. You can read verse um, one, one, and, 1 and 2 to set up the scene. Sure. Ex- remember now, uh, the Israelites have been in captivity under slavery in Egypt 400 years. Moses is fleed out of there because he's killed an Egyptian. Right. He's been on this backside of the desert, been a bit of sheep herder. Yep. We already had the burning bush. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's coming right <laughs> oh, now. Oh, is that coming yeah, up? That, that's the key. Okay. And now he's going to have this appearance, a manifestation. Oh, yeah, you're right. And Sorry. this is yeah. the theophany. So if you leave verse 1 and 2 sure. of chapter 3. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There it is. Yeah. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that through the bush was, um, though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. Okay, now, so he has this 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 manifestation. Fire, mm-hmm. fire is often a, a, one of the manifestations of God is fire. We see that on the Mount Sinai. There's fire. There's smoke. There's yeah, lightning. Right. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. when they had a sacrifice, one of the things that indicated God accepted it is it would flame up. It would just remember the prophets of yes. Baal. Well, they yeah. flamed up. That God accepted. And Moses said, uh, uh, verse 4 says, So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from where? Within from the, the midst of the bush. Yeah. Now, this is a very important thing there because hmm. God, even this universe cannot contain God, right? He's, yeah. Solomon yeah. says, the heavens of heaven cannot. Mm. But here, where is he locating himself? In, in, in a desert bush. Yeah. In a on desert top of a bush. On top of Mount and with the fire. And there God is in there. And why this is so important. What is more humble than a... It's not a big tree. It's not a mountain. It's a, it's a bush. Yeah. God is in there. Manifest, it's not burning up. There's this fire. God says, take off your shoes. You're on holy ground. If he can, if he can dwell in there, why can't he dwell in human flesh? Yes. You understand the connection was we walk through that's this right thing. yeah he can dwell anywhere he wants that's exactly right yeah wherever he dwells is holy wherever he dwells is is uh, is his special presence right and that's where he says to him um moses moses this is god speaking out of this bush do not draw near this place take your sandals off your feet for the place where you stand is holy ground then he says i am the god of your father the god of abraham the god of isaac the god of jacob he appeared to those three, right? We yes. saw that in Genesis. What's he doing here? He's appearing now to Moses in a very unique way. Do you see how God has revealed yeah. himself to him? Yeah, unbelievable. It's just remarkable. It is. Uh, when you study the Bible, you almost have to say to yourself, if you're not a believer, not a Christian, you have to say, did men make this up? Did they sit down like a Harry Potter story or something like this? Why is this thing fitting together so uniquely? But all the way through it, we yeah. see that God is very holy. Mm-hmm. God wants to reach out to man. He establishes promises. He tells him what to do. He gives him a contract or a covenant. 
Yeah, and his continuing presence uh, with them as he rescues and redeems us, right? Exactly right. I mean, I, I just love how he just keeps coming back. Um, yeah, right. And That's, expresses, you know, the promises he made are going to happen. It's going to happen. Yep. You know, and that's that's the, again, this is what the Jewish people, but again, it's meant for Gosh, all people because is. he's going to use them uh, for that, you know. And, and again, when we study this, we see, okay, how does man approach God? Well, man doesn't know because we're so limited. We have a finite mind. We're dealing with an infinite God. Yeah. You know, we had a beginning. You know, we mm -hmm. were born so many years ago. God is eternal. Right. He holds the whole universe. He does. Just in the in his yeah. hand. Yeah. But but he he wants to like come down to us and reveal himself to us so he can bring us into more fellowship with him. So that's what we're seeing in these theophanies. But as we go through it, uh, time and time again, you'll see that God is indeed revealing himself to us in these different areas. We're not alone. Not alone. You at know, all. even in today's times, you know, you brought up that situation at the school with. A couple dozen girls um, that were doing the the Ouija board. the Ouija mm -hmm. board, and you know, I, I kind of think about the, this new movie that's out. I'm not doing a plug for it, but it, it was really good. Uh, the Jesus Revolution, and in there, you know, they said that the reason people were taking the drugs and doing what they were doing in that time during the Vietnam War was the fact they were searching for Christ. They were searching for God, right? And he says they were looking for answers right. in all the wrong places. And, and I think that's what's happening right now with those, those oh, it's all girls. Over the place. You know, everybody's searching for God, and he's right there in front of us. Right there? Yeah. You, know, you don't need the other stuff. And once you yeah. open that door, once you receive him, mm -hmm. your whole life will be transformed. Totally. Guaranteed. Yeah. You know, guaranteed. Yeah. Your addiction's yeah. gone. You won't need to take anything to uh, numb your brain. Because the, there's just a happiness inside. You're gonna have you're gonna have troubles in life. Uh, you know that's what Jesus told us before he ascended, and it's true. Even if you're a Christian, but but there's there's more of an equilibrium. You have a foundation to know that the storms will pass and yeah. they'll dry up. And I think that's the key to the Christian the Christian belief system. At least for me, it is. Yeah, you know? because like yeah. you say, everybody. Is going to suffer sometime yes. in this lifetime. Oh, yeah. You're going to lose mm -hmm. loved ones. You're going to have setbacks. Mm -hmm. There's going to be an illness. Mm -hmm. That's just part of this fallen world we live in. But when one commits their life to Jesus Christ, you have an anchor. You 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 can put things in perspective. Like right. the Bible clearly says, this life is short. It just you know it's like a it's like a a vapor, like a smoke. You, you try to yeah. grab it, it's gone. You know you. I mean, we're we're in 2023, right? Tomorrow yeah. is going to be 2024. It just goes like that. We see our children; they're little toddlers, and then they're off to school, and then off to college, and now they're getting married. And where's time going? You know, you know. But that's what the Bible says. But yeah. the, through it all, we can know that He will never leave us nor forsake us. Yes. He's working out a plan. Amen. He wants to commune with us in prayer. He wants to reveal Himself to us. By answering prayer, his assurance, he wants us to tell other people about this good news. He can change the whole world. He like can. you said in the Jesus right. Revolution movie, which was a very interesting movie mm -hmm. because it was historically true. Yeah. 1969. Uh, that's kind of how you came to the Lord, yes, right? During right. that time. 1975. Early 70s. Yeah. Right. And what happened was that started on the beaches of uh, California. Yeah. And they were doing these massive baptisms. Right. Massive. 
And it started sweeping across. That's why they did cover stories in Time and Newsweek magazine mm -hmm. about this phenomenon. Mm -hmm. And it was coming across America. And then it would go to Europe. But that was people that were sharing the gospel downtown Cleveland. Right. Were what they called Jesus people or Jesus freaks. But they had guitars and tambourines. They would make almost like it made a little bit of a spectacle. But they were always handing out tracks. They are always witnessing the people. And when my buddy and I accepted Jesus Christ through their sharing downtown Cleveland that day, uh, they invited us out to their house in North Ridgeville, which was very much like the movie. They had all this yeah. community. Uh, we didn't live there, but they just had this open house and uh, fed us. And that's where I got my first Bible. The guy that gave me it was a uh, assembly line worker from Ford. Plant. Wow. And that was game on. And then my two brothers came out there and they got saved. Those two had actually become missionaries, Marty and Jimmy, and uh, our life was never the same, never the same again. What? And then uh, you never know. Yeah. I mean, really, you never know the power of one life. Mm -hmm. You know, I always say one lit candle can go into a whole room of unlit candles, light every one, and come out. You didn't lose any of your own light. Mm -hmm. You just don't know the power yeah. of one person to affect for the kingdom of God because. It's not us doing it. It's just us being available and let God do the work through yeah, us, through his Holy right. Spirit. But yeah. we're seeing, I believe we may be in that time right now Boy. where there could be on the, I'm not prophetic in that sense, but I, I, there, there is this sense that it, it, politics and, and all this stuff, whatever, we need a spiritual awakening. Yeah. We just do. Programs and all this stuff is okay, but we need to see hearts change, a visitation of the Lord convicted of sin, thankful for our blessings, putting our life back in right alignment, not my will, but thy will be done, and going out and sharing the good news and, yeah. and rescuing Amen. people. And, right. You know, it, it could well happen. It is happening now, but not on a... What happened there was dramatic. That was a dramatic manifestation of God's presence. Was yeah. it was a theophany? Not exactly a theophany because it wasn't mm -hmm. God appearing specifically to a person, but it was the Holy Spirit coming... And you, perhaps that Asbury too, these things that are happening on different colleges even now, maybe that's what's happening where you really sense, uh, you always sense God's presence in a certain, but a heavier sense of God's presence. And it's really humbling to, to do that. And it can be awe-inspiring. It could be a little frightening, but it also causes you to, to cry out yeah. to God and get right with God. And right. uh, it can be very, it could sweep across Cleveland. I mean, Northeast Ohio, it really could happen. Absolutely. It really could happen. Yeah, one person it. at a time. You never know. That's right. So th we continue with these manifestations of God uh -huh. as you move through. And, of course, uh, one interesting one in uh, just uh, with Jacob, uh, we, we jumped ahead a little bit with Moses to get to him. Uh -huh. But Jacob has this very interesting encounter uh, with God where he uh, basically wrestles with a man. Oh, and right. This is in chapter 32. Yeah. And he said, uh, yeah, you can read it. And he says, uh, he goes over the side. He's really kind of alone. He's coming back to the promised land. Mm -hmm. He's not sure if his brother's going to be upset with him. Uh, yeah. Then it says. Uh, I got it. Jacob 32. 32 verse 24. Uh, 24. Let's go through 26. Okay. 24 through 26. Uh -huh. Okay. So Jacob was left alone. A man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. 
Then the man said, let me go, for it is daybreak. Right. Okay. So he's, he's yeah. having this encounter. He's alone. Yeah. Uh, and he has this encounter. We don't, it's very mysterious. And he's wrestling with him, right? And he's the grandson of Abraham. Yes. And he's running away from his brother Esau. Uh, Esau it, uh -huh. It's the night before his meeting with his estranged brother. And then um, I, I wrote here, will Jacob die tomorrow? Here we read that Jacob meets a man who wrestled him, right? Right. Yeah. So he's wrestling. And then mm -hmm. he says... Uh, he, he doesn't prevail. In other words, he's not winning in this wrestling match, so to speak. Yeah. He touched this the socket of his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was out of joint. Yeah. As and he said, "Let me go for the day breaks." But he said, "I will not let you go unless you bless me." And he said to him, "What is your name?" He said, "Jacob." And he said, "Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel." Yes. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Now, this is a very interesting thing. Yes. When God often inc uh, picks out a servant or a person he's going to reveal himself mm -hmm. to, he'll change their name. Oh, yeah. Abram to Abraham, Sarai to Sarah, Simon to Peter, Saul to Paul. Mm -hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because he owns him. He, he's, he's, he's like a new name. Cool. He's doing that yeah. with Israel. And he says, but notice people go, well, it couldn't be God manifested because there would be no wrestling match there. <laughs> but how many of us as men have wrestled with our two-year-old children, oh, our yeah. boys? Yeah. Well, we don't use full strength. No. We just, you know, we, we, we curtail our strength. But yeah. they might even think they're winning. I mean, we do it for fun, right? Right. But God is doing something here because why? He says, I, I, what, your name shall not be called Jacob, for you, are, you have struggled with who? With God and with men. Where did he first struggle with a man? Remember before he was born, when he was coming out? Yeah. And his twin brother, what did yes. he do? He would, His brother was coming out first. Esau, was, what yeah. did Jacob do? He reached and pulled him. Huh. He And that's why he was called Jacob, which means trickster or supplanter. <laughs> so he wrestled with men, but now he wrestled with God. Oh, that's great. You see? Yeah. So he wrestled with men, he wrestled with God, and, and you have prevailed. And Jacob went saying, tell me what your name is, he says to, to the Lord. Why is that that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. And he called the name of the place, verse 30, what? Penuel. Yeah. For I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. You yeah. see this idea? He's seen him face to face. Uh, that's, that's and what his life has been delivered. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So his presence was both a healing and a bruising. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And he, and it says here. Um, and, in, and 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 why do you think the bruising to remember? Yeah, uh, I, I guess our struggle uh, in life or with you know. Yeah, it, with it, each we, other. Or? Well, he would always remember this event. Right. Yeah. He would never again that's forget a way to remember this. the event. Yeah. And it also shows <coughs> perhaps dependency on the Lord because mm. he would always walk with a limp. Right. After that, and right. actually, when he blesses his sons mm -hmm. later on in Genesis. They put their hand right on his thigh. So maybe this place where God had touched his life becomes a pr place of blessing. Oh, wow. Because he'll bless all his sons. Remember, they put their hand on his thigh. Right. And then he'll bless them from that point. Oh, the thigh is often considered like the strong part yes. of the human being. It right. supports you in that. And But now this becomes a weak, semi-immobilized part of him. But it's where God blessed him. And that's where the blessing will come from. Wow. And many of yeah. us, really, David... Yeah. God gets us when we're going through a difficult time. Oh, heck yeah. I mean, how many alcoholics come to Christ when they're down and out? 
drug addicts, this person, mm-hmm. that person, and that will become their place of strength uh, that they can share with others. That yeah. blessing. It's Thank kind God. of interesting. I got yeah. But it is interesting mm-hmm. that he it says here he was wrestling with God. Here's what it says in Hosea to kind of confirm this. Yeah. He says, uh, I'm going to read from Hosea chapter 12. It says, The Lord also brings a charge against Judah and will punish Jacob according to his ways, according to the deeds he will... He took his brother by the heel in the womb. That's what Jacob did with Esau way back in Genesis. And in his strength, he struggled with God. You see that? He struggled with God, which we just read here. So there it reaffirms that he was not wrestling with just anybody or an angel. He's wrestling with God at this Mm -hmm. point. Another, what we would call a theophany. Absolutely. theophany. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So you see these kind of things occurring, reoccurring as you go through now, uh, we're going to pick this up many times in the scripture, but yeah. what, what it, it keeps pointing to the ultimate, uh, if we want to call it a theophany, uh, is the incarnation. Right. Uh, that will be the great one. Here's what it says in First uh, Timothy uh, chapter, chapter 3. First Timothy chapter 3, uh, verse 16. And I don't know if you have that there, but it's First Timothy Chapter 3, verse 16. Sure. Um, Beyond all question, the mystery from which true godliness springs is great. He appeared in the flesh. There, stop. Okay. God was manifested in the flesh. There it is. That's the greatest. Does it say, it says before that it's a great mystery that God was manifested (laughs) in the flesh. And we know for sure. How can you argue that point? That's Jesus. Yeah, how can you argue that point? And so you got this idea. Uh, God was now manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels. We know that angels saw Jesus, of course, yeah, at Christmas, by, right? Uh, at the risen tomb, we see mm-hmm. angels at his ascension. Angels, angels. He's preached among Gentiles. That's us. He's believed on in the world, even as far away as Westlake and mm-hmm. Rock Europe. Yeah, and he's received up into glory. There he goes, the ascension. But it's this idea that God entered in to the human condition. And yeah. you, you cannot be denied. I mean, he's he not just, just a prophet. He's not just a prophet. Mm-hmm. And uh, he comes down. And this is the idea. The whole th- the thing of the book, the whole thing of the Bible, mm-hmm. is that God is coming down here. He's going to enter in and then uh, interact with man. And, of course, he's going to reveal God's plan of salvation. But notice, because we're in the New Testament, I want to show you a very interesting one. That, yeah. um, chapter... 20 in the book of Acts, chapter 20 in the book of Acts, and starting with verse 27. Acts chapter 20, verse 27 uh-huh. says this For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. In other words, I want to give you the whole word of God, Paul is, uh, Luke is saying here. He's quoting from Paul. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to the flock. He's speaking to pastors and elders, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseas. To shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. When did God bleed? You see that? Yeah. When he entered in as the Savior. Right. When mm-hmm. he bled. You see, that's so powerful. Right. When he when he purchased the church of God with his own blood. That's 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 the manifestation, uh, the ultimate manifestation of God coming and dwelling among us. So when we see this. It's, again, not hard to put the pieces together. No. It's not yeah. hard. 
you know, be I shepherds mean, of the church of God. We, we, boy, the calling is all the way through the Bible. It's not just when Jesus it's exactly ascended. Right. It's clear. You know, we have to get the word out. It's kind of like the movie, the Jesus Revolution. Once you got the word out, it stuck with such a good portion of of these hippies. Oh yeah. Because then they realized, yeah, you know, the LCD and all these other drugs I'm taking is doing nothing for me. You know, it just uh, numbs my body for sure. And then I feel sick the next day. That This is really what I'm seeking. Yeah, right, yeah. right. And what we're seeing here right. is the certainty of our faith. The Absolutely. more you study this, yeah. and we're going back and forth with the Old and the New Testament, I realize that. But nevertheless, <laughs> this thing is, is, is lock solid. You know, I mean, this thing is really powerful when you look at it, David, because yeah. um, here's why people often have weak faith is they simply are not into the Word of God, which gives them the assurance of faith. Yes. And let me give you an example. We'll pick on this when we do the crucifixion in a couple mm -hmm. weeks. If you remember when God wants to take his people out of slavery, right. 400 years slavery, yeah. do you remember what he does? He sends nine plagues. Yeah. Moses goes in, confronts Pharaoh. He doesn't want to release them. But do you remember the 10th plague or the 10th thing they do to get released from slavery? Yeah, they the, take the firstborn. They take the lamb. Right. They take the lamb. They put the blood they look over the at, post. Does it have spot yeah. or blemish? Right. It has to be perfect. And then they, they don't want a pet. He says, right. don't take this lamb and make mm -hmm. it a pet. Take it and kill it. Right. Get its blood in a bowl and put, put it on your doorpost, the wood. Yeah. And then go in and roast it for strength for the journey because you're getting out of here, which is really weird. Because if, if we're going through 400 years of slavery and you're going to get out, you think there's going to be a revolt. We better get weapons. Yes. We better organize. Yeah. We better do all. A lamb? Right. Are you kidding me? No kidding. They don't even have claws that's or right. teeth. right? But we're going yeah. to see that's a picture of Christ. Right. When John says, right. behold the lamb of God. Now, they put the, the blood around the doorpost. Okay. Mm -hmm. And God says through Moses, when the angel of death goes through the lamb, he's going to kill all the firstborn yeah. in the, every house. But when he sees the blood, he and will pass parts. over you. Yeah. Now, let's say there's two Jewish families. Both heard what Moses said. And they know it's from God. They've seen too much to this point, all the plagues and everything else. They know they got to do exactly what Moses. They both get a lamb. They both inspect it. No blemish, no spot. They kill it. They both put the blood on. Blood on. They both go in with their families. They roast the, the thing. One family is rejoicing, they're singing, they're packing their bags, they're getting out of slavery, they're going to the promised land. They're singing, they're happy, they're encouraged. Another one is wringing their hands, they're sweating, oh my goodness, the angel of death is going through Egypt today. Which of those two families were saved? Both of them. Yeah. Which one was truly enjoying their salvation? Only the one. Yeah. And that's like believers today can be a believer because, but they don't have the mm -hmm. full assurance of everything they have in Christ. They could be worrisome and anxious and everything else because they're not really enjoying yeah. their salvation. Right. How do you enjoy your salvation and walk in victory is to know the word of God, to but know the word of God. You have to stay in the word. You have to be around uh, similar folks with your belief system. It's the only way to get your roots and to get yourself strong exactly. in the faith. To your point, you know, I, I know a lot of Christians that, again, they're just showing up on Sunday for the hour, and that's all they're doing mm. during the week. Not criticizing, but that's why, that's why, it doesn't, that's why it's not as exciting to, to, to be in this walk with Christ and to be a follower of Jesus Christ. When you absorb yourself into it, 
it's like anything else. It is a different ball game, and oh, yeah. and you will see all the gifts in your life. It is so hard to explain unless you've gone through it. But there's little things that come come into your life that you had nothing to do with. Exactly. It's kind of like man had fallen from the sky. You're like, where'd this come from? Exactly. It's your walk with Christ. And, exactly. and you know, I, I've seen it time and time again with my own family, and I've seen it, you know, with with our business and other things. You know, in some areas, you're like, "This is an absolute miracle. How did this even happen?" No, you're right. I mean, it, you it, can even sometimes you will say that, yeah, uh, to yourself and the people you care about because you know how it happened, um, and other people think you're crazy. When you explain some of these things to them. And the only regret you have is that we didn't do it sooner. Mm -hmm. Am I right? Maybe there's somebody listening, even now, we're coming to the close of the program, David, but maybe there's somebody listening out there now, and they're hearing, for some reason, you tuned in to the program today. I don't know. Uh, I don't believe in accidents, especially when it comes to spiritual matters. Yeah. But maybe God is calling you this Easter season to reflect and think, you know what, where's my life going? Yes. And how much does God love me that he would actually come down to earth, take upon himself human flesh, live a sinless life, holy life, and allow himself to be put on a cross for my sins. He Jesus did nothing wrong. I did everything wrong. I mm-hmm. wages of sin is oh. death. Oh yeah. And he took that all and it says in the scripture, he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. And I implore people that are listening that don't know or haven't heard this, maybe again David and I were we went to church growing oh, yeah. up. We did, yeah. you know, we tried to you know sing in the choir and do all this kind of stuff, but yeah. we didn't have a relationship, no. let alone access to the Word of God. You really, in honesty, <clears throat> to really get into the Word of God, you, the Bible says you have to have the Holy Spirit because the, the Holy the, Spirit will open it up to you. The bottom line, John, what you and I did, it was superficial relationship with an entity. With one entity, but it was superficial. I was just going through the motions like you were. This is a deep relationship, which is different when you become a Christian and you walk with Jesus exactly, Christ. Exactly. You go from the superficial to the deep relationship. Yeah, it's yeah. the only way to say it. Yeah, it's right. And you yeah. keep growing in it. Right. I'm going to one or two more and then we'll close it for the day. But here's what it says in Hebrews. When we're talking about theophanies and God coming and moving around, Uh, us human beings here on this planet. It says this in chapter 2 of Hebrews. It says, verse 14, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, in other words, that's us, he himself, that's Jesus, likewise shared in the same, that is to say he took on flesh and blood, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and to release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So he's saying here, yeah. he came in, he took upon himself human flesh. He's not an angel. He just didn't speak to us you know, from the sky. And right. boys, he came down, was one of us. He's got flesh, he's got blood, he feels pain. And he allowed himself to be crucified that he might destroy the works of the devil and to release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Yeah. How did he... How did he how did he free the people that were in bondage in Egypt? Through the blood of the Lamb. Right. How does he free us from the bondage of fear mm-hmm. and the demons and the devil's control in our lives? Through the blood of the Lamb. Right. You see how perfect it all links together, David? Yeah. And, you know, um, we were just talking about, you know, getting into the Word. You know, I, I've used this 
quote before from Billy Graham, uh, and, and he said, we are like a shadow that is dying when you don't have Jesus Christ. You know, mm-hmm. we all have the same amount of time per day, 168 hours in a week. And, you know, there was a study done in 2019 in the New York Post that we spend 36 years in bed on average wow. of our lives. Is that right? Yeah. And when you think about the time we have during the day, there is no time like the present. Use it. Yeah. Because we have no guarantee at all. And, and as, as Billy Graham said, our, uh, we're like a shadow that's dying. Yeah. And, and you have to come to the Lord if you want to have eternal life. You can't wait because we don't know if we have the time. No, it, 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 the, the lifeboats are all out there. The, titan, the Titanic <clears throat> is sinking. You know, it this is. world is passing away, but the lifeboats are mm-hmm. secure. And anybody who wants to get on can be saved. And once you get on that lifeboat, yeah. you want to reach out and save others that are drowning. And uh, now is the day of salvation. And I just want to close on that note that, anyone, yeah. again, that is listening, really consider, especially this time of the year, um, I mean, it just, when you study the Gospels, there's, very, there's a little bit of the Gospels about the Christmas story, the Incarnation, but every Gospel has about the death, the yes. crucifixion, the burial, the ascension of Jesus, and actually the apostles. It's that important that he came to die yes. and to release us from the bondage of sin. Right. So God bless Amen. you all. Thank you for tuning in. As we go closer to Easter, we're going to have a special show about the crucifixion and then proofs of the resurrection. And then hopefully we're going to have a guest calling in from Southeast Asia. So thanks again, David. Yes. Thank you for great everybody to be here, listening. John. Have a great week, everybody. God bless.